I am so excited that you're here today. I'm excited because anything that could happen to try to keep you out of the house of the Lord has probably happened this week. Can anybody say amen? Amen. And you know what? You cannot give up when things look difficult or get difficult because God, contrary to a lot of opinions, God already has a plan for your life. And what you see as difficult is just part of his process. Okay? And we have to walk through that process. And there's a lot of things, and and going into this, I'm talking about, I'm always in the area now of faith and believing God. I want you to understand, you just don't become a spiritual giant. I just want to clear this up. It's something that the process of life takes you and you become stronger and stronger in the Lord. But make no mistake of this. A Christian, how many people consider themselves a Christian? How many also consider themselves to be human beings? Now, let's put it together. Yeah, Collis went, I don't know. You do understand if you are a Christian, you're still a human being. And... And until you take on that glorified body and that glorified state of mind, you're going to have some anger issues. Boy, it got quiet then, didn't it? You're going to have some issues that works in the flesh. And you have to overcome those things through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when somebody says, you're not really a Christian, say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm still working on the other guy, the other part of me. Because there's another part of you that's living, and it's trying to control you. It's trying to keep you from the process of time to where you can be that spiritual giant, where you can walk in faith. Because what happens is the spirit, spirit man is warring against the flesh man of you, your own self, and it's trying to inhibit you or keep you from victory. Now, I believe in victory. Say that back to me. And I love everybody here. I want everybody here to be successful. Nothing would tickle me more to know that God has brought you to a place of blessing to where you just want to shout it from the rooftops. I want to take you to Matthew, the sixth chapter. I just added some verses this morning I want to uh, talk to you about. I'm not going to really preach to you. I'm going to talk to you. In Matthew 6, 27 through 30, we're going to just talk a minute about how we can better ourselves in God. How we can reflect Christ in a better way. Matthew 6, 27, which of you, say me, which of you taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? All your worry and all your fret is not going to make you any taller. You can worry about all the things in life, and worry doesn't change a thing. The only thing, and I'll get into this in a moment, the only thing that really changes anything is the faith that you have in your heart to bring about new things in your life. So, When he said this to me, I started thinking, uh, everybody is in that syndrome of worrying about their height. What do you mean? Their stature, their place in life, who sees them, who knows them. And he says, you can't can't change things. Now watch, he says in verse 28, and why are you thinking, uh, uh, take thought for raiment? You're worried about your clothing. He said, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow not. They don't even toil, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, he says, 
If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Now here's a statement I want you to look at. Oh, ye of little faith. Jesus constantly had to deal with, oh, ye of little faith. And today, if he walked into this church, I believe one of his main subjects as he took the pulpit would be, oh, ye of little faith. Didn't I tell you I would do it? Didn't I tell you I'd take you from beginning to the end? Didn't I tell you I would support you? Didn't I tell you I'd bring you into blessing, into health and prosperity? The problem is we cannot realize it because Sometimes we're still wondering if Jesus is really real in our lives. What have I said? I said it the last two weeks. We're more concerned with the coming Christ than the Christ that's in us. I want to live with the one that's in me now. So he says, Jesus now is constantly concerned with faith. He did it several times in scriptures. Faith. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? He even marveled at one man. We'll get into that later on sometime in his series. But he marveled because they had such, such a great faith. No other faith like it. When he said, you don't even have to come to my house to pray for my daughter. Just say the word. I'll get into that later. Just say it. That's phenomenal faith. Phenomenal faith. So, there's two sides of you. There's a side of you that's trying to fight you to keep you out of faith. It's a side of you that tries to keep you thinking about your stature, who you are, where you are in life. And yet you can't change it through your worry. That's why when somebody's going through something difficult, I say, don't worry. Don't worry about it. My next statement is, what will be, will be. It is what it is. The reason I believe that way is Jesus is in control. But how do we grow our faith? Because this is imperative. It's important for this church here. We will not survive without it. Turn to somebody and say, we need faith. When I speak God's word, I'm speaking his will into my life. I'm speaking his will into my life. I am speaking the power and the ability of God. His power. His ability. And let me tell you something, you can fast and you can pray and you may not catch God's attention, but when you worship, you definitely catch God's attention. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, give you a secret in faith. You can have all kinds of faith and get down and moan and groan and crawl, crawl on this floor back and forth begging God to do things for you and he won't do it. Can anybody help me with that? He doesn't want you to beg him. He has already done it. What he wants you to do is worship him for the things that you do not see, but you know it's coming to pass. Does that make sense? So that's why I say, thank you, Lord. I know something good's going to happen. So when we speak the power of God and the ability of God in our words, we release a spiritual force in our words. In our words, we release a spiritual force, and it's released through faith. Faith causes this to happen because we speak God's will into our lives. This is why Paul said in Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.13 in King James Version, I might do all things. But if Paul was like us today, I might do it. Maybe I can do it. 
Maybe I can get up. You know, I've been so down and so low and I've been beaten so many times and so many stones throw at me. No, he says, he makes it very clear because he's already told you what he's gone through. He's gone through shipwrecks and beatings and, and being in prison. And yet, pastor, he can still say, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So it doesn't matter what you throw at me, no matter what comes my way. I know that God, God's already taken care of it. All I have to do is believe in him and trust that he's going to take it all the way through. He's going to see me through. Say that. He'll see me through. He said, well, I just don't know if, 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 you know, if God's really real. Trust me. The truth is, you just sitting here proves to me that God is real. God is real. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Paul understood that the word of God could be seated inside of him. That's what Paul knew. He said, the word of God is alive in me. And as an individual, and as you speak the words of faith out of your mouth, you set your life, course of life. You set it. You want the course of your life to change. Quit talking about the other courses. Quit, quit talking about the failure courses and start talking about the successes that God's going to take you into. See, worship is knowing that God is going to answer you. That's what real worship is. I know he's already answered me. I could take you through a story there, but I won't right now. What I need is a faith that, that is strong and firm and dependable. God is looking for a people that are strong and firm and dependable. Well, what is that? It's a faith, Donna Hall, that has been proven as God healed you years ago. And you would have died. You wouldn't even be here right now. But because God healed you, you can stand on that faith promise and say, he is dependable. God will not fail me. I can have faith in the word of God because it has been proven in my life. Can anybody else say amen? amen. Hebrews 4.16. I'm going to throw a few verses at you real quick. Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. This is my God. You need help in the time of need. He's there. Psalms 18 verse 1. I love thee, O Lord. My, you are my strength. Verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my, and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I'm just giving you some verses. This is who he is. 16.1 of Psalms, preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. What are you saying, Bishop? God is dependable. His word is exact. His word is sure and true. So what is my desire as a pastor, as an overseer? My desire is for you, for this church. I want you as individuals to grasp the substance we call faith and live it out, walk it out in a way that you've never thought possible. Where if something tragic happens in your life, you don't have to grab a phone and say, Oh, Pastor Hall, you better pray for me. I think I'm going down. No, you don't call Pastor Hall. You don't call Pastor Allen. You call God. Are y'all with that? You call God. And you say, God, I am your child. I serve you. I'm in covenant with you, and I know according to your word that all everything's going to be all right. Why do I want you to walk in this level of faith? Because I want you to understand he'll never fail you. The Bible says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
So remember this, as I've talked to you for the last few weeks. The things you conceive in your heart, you plant seeds in your heart, and it's formed with your mouth, with your tongue. You start to speak it. It's spoken out of your own mouth, becomes a spiritual force, releasing the ability of God within you. Are you with me? So you see, you speak the word of God, and it's you speaking his will toward him, and which comes back to you. You understand what God is doing. He's trying to train you to be like him. I just hope I've said enough to get this locked into your mind that God wants you to speak words of power and not of weakness. It's an important spiritual fact. I know many of you know that this is a truth, but do you know why it's true? Why is those, the things that we're talking about true? Because it makes a big difference when you can understand how something works. But it makes a difference that you understand the process. If you ever ask a child or your, any of your children to do something and they look at you and say, why, 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 I'm mean, going to why you to death. Am I right? Why do I have to do it this way? I don't want to do it this way. Oh, Johnny's mother doesn't make him do it. Well, I'm not Johnny's mother. I'm your mother. Why do I have to do it that way? You have to ask yourself, why is your child saying that to you? Why are they saying, I, I want to do it this way? Because they don't understand the end result. They don't understand the, the, the process, what you want to achieve. See, they only see what you've asked them to do, not the total picture or no, the end result. We see the end result. The child doesn't. We just don't understand why we have to do it that way. We do the same thing with God, don't we? God, why, 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 why? I want to do it my way. But God sees the end result and what he wants to achieve. See, God already sees an end result for you. You say, well, Bishop, what do you think the end result is for you? I can tell you it's better than this. You think I'm finished. I'm just getting started. I am excited. God is going to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. So we need to learn about this faith thing. That so many people have preached about, but never, it's never been dissected the way we're starting to dissect it. So we need to see how God's creative power, how it works inside of you. Because it does work inside of you. I know that Sister Hall here, she got bit by a cat. I don't know if y'all remember, we prayed for her. I mean, they had to take her to the emergency room. That cat, it, it, they said last one time I heard they were going to take her hand off. From a cat. But, I mean, they told me the story of it last night. It was amazing. They're sitting in hospitals, two different hospitals, and well, how many hours were you there before they even, I mean, hear that, 28 hours maybe? But when I heard about it, I said, wait a minute. She belongs to God. Her hand belongs to God. So if that's true, cat scratch fever isn't going to work. Now, yes, we do all we can do. But unless God builds the house, they that labor do labor in vain. And look at her, she sits here today. And so I thank God for that. I have that kind of, I just believe God. Now sometimes I get a little weak internally, uh, Deacon. I get a little weak inside. Get a little weak in the knees. Have you ever been weak in the knees before? 
You think, oh man, I don't know if it's going to happen this time. But don't entertain that thought because the more you entertain it, the more devil, the devil moves into your house. So I want God's creative power. I want God's word in my mouth. Why do I want it in my mouth? Because I want to speak it and I want people to hear it. Joshua 1.8. Joshua, the first chapter, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart. He's telling Joshua how to be successful. Does anybody else want to be successful in here? I do. But listen to what he says. He gives the equation. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you, thou shalt meditate therein for a few hours. What, what, Pastor Kenny? That don't leave room for anything else. So when I woke up in, early in the morning, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, what did I do? I meditated on the Lord. I prayed for some people that need prayer. I think I thought about what God could do. I thought about Him. I started meditating on it. Are you with me now? Power comes from your ability to connect to Him, not you, your own power. You've got to connect to the source. So he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but shall, you shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and you shall have good success. Look at it. All about the word. Everything is about the word. Success comes because you, now I'm not just talking about just reading the word. I know people that's read the Bible and never changed it. Anything in their life. It's when you take that word and plant it in your heart. It becomes a part of you. So God says if you want to know the secret of success. Of being successful. Then we're going to have to take the words of God. And what God said to Joshua. And do it just that way. Meditate on it day and night. It needs to become our food. Our food. So what process? First we have to learn how to put. This is. A process. First, you have to learn to put the Word of God in your mouth. If you don't know it, you can't put it in your mouth. And then he says, don't let it depart from your heart. The enemy will come in and try to get the Word out of your heart. He'll try to strip you of all your faith. Don't allow him to do that. This is very important. Remember, I told you this a few weeks ago. The words that you speak are more important than anybody else's words. Why? Because they really affect you more than anyone else. If someone else tells you a bad thing, let's say somebody else tells you you're ugly, that's just somebody else saying it. But if you say, I know I'm ugly, now you're really ugly, whether you are or not. Are you catching it now? What somebody says on the outside doesn't change me. It's what I say in my heart. Even if I don't verbalize it, if I believe it in my heart, I'm become that. I'm going to be successful. Somebody says, well, everything's falling around us. Yes, there's a lot of things failing. A lot of things are falling. But listen to this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You cannot mistake that. It all belongs to him. So your words affect you more than anybody else. Nobody else can say things to hurt me like I can hurt myself. Have you ever beaten yourself up over something? That hurts, don't it? But see, God created you with two sets of ears. What do you mean? You have an outer ear and you have an inner ear. And the inner ear is made up of a bone structure inside of your head. Now, when you start reading the Gospels 
and you start giving attention to what God, what Jesus Christ said in his teachings, Jesus, I believe, makes it clear that this ear or this inner ear feeds your voice into your spirit or into your heart. When you speak it, it gets into your spirit, into your heart. So when you get up in the mornings, what are you saying to yourself? What roadmap are you setting out for yourself? Because you're setting it. You're setting your course when you get up out of bed. Well, I don't know if I can make it. Well, you're not going to. A prophecy that will be fulfilled. You know, I am never, I am never going to lose this weight. And I'm going to promise you, you never will. I'm going to get in shape one day. That one day never comes. This is why I'm, I'm talking about the words you speak are more important than any other words that you hear because you're saying it with your own mouth coming in through your inner ear. Your words are going to totally affect your entire being. Your entire being. Now let me give you a little point of reference in the medical science field. Medical science has discovered that the part of the brain that controls the speech is connected to every nerve in your body. And the words that you speak, even about yourself, can affect your health. That's what medical science said. What you say can change. It will. Mark eleven twenty three. I'm almost through with this session. For verily I say unto you, Mark eleven twenty three, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Where is it at? Your mouth can be saying it, but your heart can doubt it. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. But you've got to believe it. Not what you think, but what you truly believe and say. Jesus says if we believe in our heart and we cast doubt aside, we can have what we say. You remember the old song, speak to the mountain, speak to the mountain, speak to the mountain, move. The problem is we're speaking to the mountain and yet we're, we're designing methods to get around it. We do it. We plan. There's a mountain in my way. I saw what I'm going to do. God, I've asked you to move it, but I'm going to self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm going to build a road around it. That's not what you ask. He said, well, I'm going to have a tunnel dug through it. You're still not following what God said. And now, now we're speaking about physical mountain, but let's look at circumstances in your life as a mountain. You can pray and say, I'll go around it, I'll tunnel through it, but how about the fact of it being moved totally? Get it out of your life. There was a preacher that preached one time this message, and he went to his house, and he looked out his window of his kitchen. This really happened. There's a mountain there obstructing his view from this beautiful surrounding. He said, man, I wish that mountain were there. Wasn't there. And he'd been preaching this. He said, I speak to that mountain, be gone. Well, it didn't go nowhere. But he kept speaking it. What did God do? Did he come down with his hands and scoop up the dirt and go? No, let me tell you what happened. Miraculously, a developer came in and said, we want to buy that mountain, that dirt. They came in and took the mountain down. Well, who did that? You said, well, that was man did that. No, God used men to do that job. That's exactly what he did. How many in here today need, you need a miracle in your life? 
Miracles are not impossible. What's impossible is for us to believe that they are there. But if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, then He's not going to work for you. Does that make sense? You see, only what you believe in is what comes to pass. See, I believe I'm going to be well. I believe that, yes, I'm getting older. But my story is not my father's story. Now, this is important. Your story is not your daddy's story. Your story is not your daddy's story or your mother's story. Your story is your story, and your story is not defined by your church. Your story will be defined by what you have done according to what God has asked you to do. So everybody here understand you've got your own story. And who signed off on your story? God himself. And I want what God wants. Why am I saying that to you here on a Sunday morning? Because it's not your story. Crazy is not your story. Pain is not your story. Loss is not your story. Poverty is not your story. Sickness is not your story. Are y'all with this? Come on, let God write your story. And you complete it. You complete it. You do it. You don't back off. Someone says you can't do it. No, no, no. They can't do it. But you can do it. You just have to believe in God for yourself. In Jesus' name.